climate is where it's at. Like there's so much opportunity there and please do not let anyone discourage you from being able to work in the space. Welcome to Eco Alarm, the podcast where we break down the major factors affecting the environment and explore what we can do to help. I'm your host, Bo. And I'm your host, Savannah. And today we'll be talking to Kevin Liu. Kevin is a writer, designer, and storyteller interested in tools and businesses working to create a more sustainable and equitable world. He's also a recent USC alum, and he was a Brittingham Social Enterprise Lab Scholar, say that three times fast, and 2023 University Trustees Awardee. Growing up in Texas, Kevin has been interested in sustainable cities, carbon removal, product design, climate storytelling, and regenerative nature systems. We're very excited to talk to Kevin today about what inspired him to start his journey in sustainability after college. So um, we're really excited to have Kevin Liu here today with us, um, and he currently is scouting for Enduring Planet. So Kevin, if you could talk a little bit more about that and about your experience getting into sustainability work, then that'd be a great start. Yeah. yeah, Thank you so much for having me here today, Savannah and Bo. I'm really excited to talk about kind of just like my like climate journey and also just like what it means to kind of work in climate tech and climate tech startups. And I, I first want to preface by saying that there's like so many different ways to get involved in the sector. It's so limitless. And I think it's such an awesome opportunity to be here um, at this time. But yeah, like uh, scouting for Enduring Planet. So I'm currently a scout for Enduring Planet, and it's a VC-backed lending platform for climate entrepreneurs to raise like founder-friendly, non-dilutive funding at any stage in their journey. And so um, being a Can scout I interrupt is really, really interesting because I get, yeah. Sorry, BC is blockchain? Uh, VC. VC. Oh, my bad. Okay. I just wanted to clarify any um, um, acronyms for listeners if uh, they're not like sure what that means. I'm not sure what that means. So. Oh, yeah. 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 No, it's so a VC. Just, it's venture capital. So they're they're venture capital backed um yeah but basically like i just work to help connect climate startups with like this really awesome opportunity um i also would love to mention the two other things i also work on as well is that is that, is that okay yeah oh, go okay. for it so, that's great of course so like in addition to like being a scout for enduring planet like i most recently started like a new really cool part-time role at the designer at designer fund and i basically work as a marketing producer um, and so being a marketing producer is really awesome. I get to work across like content, community and events and designer fund is a, also a venture capital firm and they focus on investing in designers and design led companies. And so they had, um, I believe a total of three funds and their most recent fund is incredibly like, it's really impact driven. And so they focus a lot on investing in health, prosperity, and um, of course, sustainability and climate tech solutions themselves. And so um, a lot of their portfolio is, well, or at least like, you know, a big reason why I have admired Designer Fund and also like why I chose to even like um, work for them is because of the fact that they invest in these different kinds of like impact driven startups and entrepreneurs and teams who really want to focus on creating a much better world. And so obviously like part of their portfolio, part of their like what they choose to invest in is climate tech solutions. And so um, they really focus a lot on that with a special design focus. Um, and yeah, and then the last thing that I'm currently working on is um, Impact Fellows. So this is basically um, a research collective 
and newsletter on social innovation resources and ideas. And so I work on this with a team of like other students um, and we basically put together different kinds of resources and ideas and we have discussions around um, social innovation solutions in the space. And then in addition to that on the side, like I also host community events and um, community events around uh, climate career paths. And so one thing that I'm also like working on right now is like basically um, hosting these different kinds of virtual Zoom sessions, um, including which includes like feature speakers uh, for students to like engage with and kind of learn about different kinds of climate career paths. And so it's a really awesome way to kind of like get it plugged in the space and connected with a lot of different people because I think um, something that's really awesome about climate talk is is just the community that is so heavily integrated um, because of the fact that so many people are just so impact driven and you really want to be in that space uh, with those who really care about um, creating a better world and creating a better ecosystem for the planet. So I'm curious, uh, what got you interested in sustainability work in the first place, uh, particularly the intersection of an investing and environmental uh, sustainability? Yeah, I so I think my or what kind of planted the seeds of me getting really interested in like climate tech and also like climate climate focused startups specifically was well I mean first off like your calling in terms of like where you want to focus your energy towards in terms of like social issues like for me um, I grew up in Dallas Texas and what I like to tell people is like um, I grew up to in a household of two Chinese immigrants. Um, and I grew up in a Buddhist household. So like, uh, it, it was really interesting being able to have that religion kind of like follow me when I was growing up. Um, but one thing that I really admired about like, or at least Buddhist philosophies and practices is the fact that you have to kind of be like a steward of the earth and you really have to hone in and practice, like basically making sure that you are practicing, you are integrating sustainable practices into your day-to-day routine, whether that be, um, making sure that you are recycling every single day or making sure that you are eating less meat on a day-to-day basis. So I kind of like had that knowledge growing up. Um, I remember I attended this one summer camp and they really taught us a lot about like um, what it means to be net zero. What, is, what does it mean in terms of like ramifications that could happen if we don't reach net zero? And so that kind of like lit that fire underneath me. But when I came down to kind of like college applications, like I knew I was a little bit hesitant towards like like being able to say yeah like I want to work on climate solutions because I actually am not my background is not science focused and, I, and there's this common misconception that you have to be uh, from you have to have a science background in order to work in climate which is like completely not true at all like it doesn't matter what skill set you bring to the table like any skill set any knowledge base like we all know that climate is such an interdisciplinary solution like anything that you have, you can bring to the table. Um, but yeah, at the time, I, like, I thought, oh, like I wasn't smart enough to work in climate. I didn't think that I was capable of doing that. But then when I came to USC, which was, was such a transformative experience, like I got to work with entrepreneurs and founders, designers, and all these different kinds of people who are just building these awesome solutions. And it's so it's always so fun getting to see, especially from the social entrepreneurship side, getting to see how people integrate sustainability and social impact practices into their like business models or their work. So then from there on, I was like, okay, like, I think I can do this. I started to work for a couple of different entrepreneurs myself. Like I started to basically kind of assist them in terms of like doing marketing, doing um, 
operations kind of serving in like a chief of staff capacity and i absolutely loved it so much like it was so awesome getting to really see the amount of impact that you can bring to a table when you don't have as much bureaucracy working in technology and startups and then yeah like just kind of building up this that kind of skill set over time i realized like okay this is where i want to apply it to the climate tech sector and so i kind of shifted my uh, my background in marketing design and social enterprise towards the climate tech industry Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's um really cool and I think definitely an important message that we like to emphasize with our podcast because we have so many guests from so many different um climate work and environmental work backgrounds that you don't have to be a scientist, you don't have to like think you're a genius. It takes everybody from every sector, from every walk of life to be involved. So, that's really cool. I also didn't know if you're from Dallas because I am too. So, I thought I'd mention Wait, that. Wait, no way. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What, what what part? Just want to ask like what part? I am from Frisco. Dallas. Okay, I am from Flower Mound. <laughs> oh, very nice. Neighbors. So close by. That is so crazy. <laughs> wow. Small yeah. World. See, it is a small world. Yeah. So, um anyways, digress. Um I wanted to ask how has your work kind of affected your view of sustainability and equity now um after kind of getting involved with so many different organizations and um you know how has that changed your your view of the kind of climate movement That's so interesting. Um I think definitely in terms of like my work and how it's affected I think I think it's given me a much more positive outlook actually towards um like I think climate change in general because i Yay, think we like to hear yeah, that <laughs> it, it, i mean yeah i mean no it's it's a much more positive like when you work in climate like i mean it's every, people talk about this all the time they're like oh i feel like i can't do anything about it but it's like when you know that you are putting your time and energy you're like if it that is your 9 to 5 towards um climate solutions it's it, it basically helps to relieve a lot of anxiety in terms of like what you're personally doing because i feel like for me it really tells me that you know like yes there's a lot of things going on right now but i myself i'm doing my own best i'm doing my best in terms of like being able to like kind of conquer the solution on a personal individual scale i would say that also i mean going back to that the whole point of like oh climate is a climate is an interdisciplinary space i feel like i've seen so many different people enter the climate space from many different angles and perspectives so for example like if you Um, let's say that you were at I, I graduated USC Annenberg, and so we obviously had like comms, public relations, journalism. Like those people have developed such a good skill set that they can easily do climate communications, climate marketing, climate product marketing, and strategy for different kinds of climate tech solutions. Like they can easily pivot their skills through that space. If you came from a product design perspective or like a product design background in general, you can easily go ahead and design different kinds of climate software and tooling and. Uh, materials that could be utilized in climate tech organizations uh, if you came from obviously the traditional business background you can easily yeah if you came from the business background like you we can easily apply your business strategy and ops background towards climate organizations or finance as well so there's just so many different kinds of ways to approach the space and i feel like it's a very hopeful idea and i also think the last thing to be aware of is i think that the the, the role that the private sector plays into reaching that zero. So I know that a lot of when we talk I growing up like I think when I was thinking about climate like I always thought about oh it's it's all about, it's all sourced back to the government. Like the government's like the only entity that can really help to make sure that we are reaching that zero by 2050. Um that is completely like false. Like we can definitely go ahead and integrate different kinds of sectors 
um, to get involved in terms of reaching out zero. So I think one great book that really exemplifies that is Speed and Scale by John Doerr. Um, it's an amazing book. I read it when I was studying abroad in London. And that book really kind of like shows a step-by-step -step process of if these specific sectors um, implement this specific practice, which is such as like cleaning up the grid, um, creating different kinds of carbon markets, uh, being able to electrify um, certain different kinds of vehicles, especially public transportation, uh, we can reach net zero um, by 2050, like logistically speaking. And so it's very interesting to get to see that from, I think, more of the private, the private sector lens. So going off of that, do you believe that the private sector uh, more so than the government is driving all the climate changes? Because we've you know, spoken to people who may hold a more pessimistic view of how corporates or investment funds will behave uh, in terms of environmental sustainability. So just it's refreshing to hear your perspective um, from such a positive standpoint. Mm -hmm. And yeah, really yeah. quick, and I think, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say to add to that, um, do you think you could give us some of the names of startups that you um, are really hopeful about or want to see succeed that you think are going to take off? Of course, yeah. So I have a list of like uh, right in front of me of some of my personal favorites that I think are going to do very, very well. Um, the first one is Watershed. They basically help companies measure, reduce, and report their carbon emissions. So they help they help large corporations basically help to offset their carbon emissions at such a big scale. And Watershed actually reached unicorn status, which is why I think it was one of the first climate tech startups that reached unicorn status. And if you don't know what unicorn status means, basically, I I, I believe I have to review the specific number. Basically, they raised a lot of um, funding and capital into their startup to reach a specific status. And so it's very interesting to see that Watershed can basically get this much traction in the private sector. Um, and then two uh, like other ones that I also like really, really appreciate and love includes like Pachama. Um, they use satellite data and AI to help companies invest in carbon credits and projects. Patch, they create tools, technology, and APIs for carbon markets. Um, Value, they create software for retailers to calculate and cut their carbon. Um, Heirloom is super cool. They, they're a deep tech startup. So if you're really interested in science, this is a really cool one. Uh, they use limestone to remove 1 billion tons of CO2 by 2035 using direct air capture technology. And the last one, which is actually a designer fund portfolio company um, is ever.green. You can buy high impact renewable energy certificates and tax credits that build new clean energy projects. So. Yeah, these are the, some of the ones that like I particularly like I'm seeing right now that are just really, really awesome work in this space and it's really innovative. And then I think the other thing, like about going after your point about um, the private sector, like, yeah, like it's I actually used to have a very pessimistic view. I was like, oh, my gosh, like there's no way that, you know, we can really realign. Well, at first I thought that it was impossible to it wasn't possible to realign the economic incentives to focus on more of a green, sustainable future. And you're seeing over time that because of consumer behavior, because of these different kinds of demands by the consumer, um, these products and solutions that are being developed right now, like they're they're aligned with the, econo the economy in terms of like what consumers are wanting in their day-to-day -day lives and being able to hold corporations accountable. So hopefully I would, I mean, my more positive view is hopefully this drive, this demand will continue to fuel the space. And also one point I wanted to make was that 
we are seeing right now, at least like, you know, in 2023, there's a lot of different tech layoffs happening in many different kinds of big corporations. But funny enough, climate tech startups had like basically very few layoffs. Um, they were actually recession proof. The reason being is because there is so much capital being funneled into the space that people are, these climate tech organizations are actively hiring. So that's something that you should be aware of. And if you're looking for a job right now, um, or you're struggling to find a job, climate tech is really, really hiring right now. So definitely look in that space. Yeah, that's really cool to hear because I think a lot of people think um, that, you know, green jobs and all of that is kind of um, iffy, but interesting to hear um, those statistics that it's actually uh, really stable and up and coming and makes me feel good about being an environmental studies major. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, environmental studies majors, like, please, please, like they, I, I hate it when people say, especially for those who come from like, I guess, more of a science and liberal arts background or humanities background, like, if people tell you, oh, like, where if you apply your degree, like, I'm trust you, trust me, trust me, like, climate is where it's at, like, there's so much opportunity there. And please do not let anyone discourage you from being able to work in the space because you can actually, yeah, I would also like to say, just mention that you can work in the space and you can actually make a good amount of money as well. Um, you don't have to go broke um, in the process. Yeah, and environmental studies, I feel like I could apply that to anything. So um, for those listeners that are interested, you can, the doors are wide open. So along those lines, do you have any advice for students currently who are looking on looking at how to get into climate tech kind of how you got where you are what are the best ways to go about that um yeah any advice yeah okay so i think uh, i'll mention a couple of resources first and then i'll also mention my own like i guess kind of just going to a little bit more of a nuance of like some details related to my like own personal climate journey so far up until this very point so like note that like i i guess from my what viewers at home should like know is that like i am considered like entry level right now. So just know that I'm a recent grad. So if you're thinking about like internships or like um, recent grad opportunities, like take it from me in terms of like what is out there and what's possible. So um, my biggest advice first off is to, um, first off, join communities um, and attend community events. So uh, there are many different kinds of Slack groups out there that you can join right now that post every day, they post like a million different kinds of like job opportunities that will allow you to either work or intern for an incredible climate tech organization or nonprofit or startup. Um, at USC, we also have this update if any students are interested in that, um, which is like all things yeah. sustainability related around here. And there's usually a lot of internships and stuff like that along those same lines. Yes, yes. As a student, you have a golden ticket in terms of like finding these different kinds of climate tech opportunities. So like completely what, agree with Savannah, like there's so much out there. Um, the other thing I want to say off the newsletter point is that there are um, newsletters that are being like written and released every single week by different kinds of climate tech outlets and VC funds. Uh, one that I particularly love, this actually this newsletter is actually how I got into climate tech in the first place was Climate Tech VC. They publish two news newsletters per week, but the one that I always read is the one that they release every single Monday. They release news on like what are different kinds of startups that got different kinds of, inv of investing rounds, propose some different kinds of job opportunities and news in the space as well. It's really, really awesome. So I highly recommend subscribing to that newsletter. And then the other one I want, I think that people, my biggest advice when I, when I talked with people about those who want to work in climate is look up climate tech venture capital funds, whether that be on Google or LinkedIn, 
and see what are some of the startups that they're investing in right now and what are they actively hiring. Um, there is something called the hidden job market, which is like basically like there's there's just like basically this job market out there that where people don't actually like post different opportunities online. They just kind of like hire internally. Um, that especially goes for like climate tech startups. Um, and so what I would recommend doing is that you go look at a climate tech venture capital fund. Like, what would that be like pale blue dot um, designer fund as well, looking for these different kinds of organizations that are investing in a portfolio of different kinds of climate solutions. And then kind of like saying like, okay, this startup looks really interesting. Maybe reaching out to cold messaging a partner at the firm or cold messaging someone who works at the firm and saying, hi, like I'm so-and-so and I'm very, very passionate about climate tech. And here is an opportunity. And I really love this specific climate tech startup. Is it possible that you can maybe put me in contact with someone over there? Or I saw that they have this specific role that they're hiring for and I'm really interested in it. Um, is it possible that I can get like, Basically, like you can bump my application or give me an introduction to that, to that specific firm. Um, that's a very awesome way is like basically this cold emailing strategy. Um, I also will say that it's all, I really hate to say that, oh, it's like always a networking game, but really and truly, it's really about who you know. So I think one thing that, one thing that really helped me when I was looking for like climate tech related roles was like. I was just hopping, I literally just cold messaged probably like 20 to 30 people per week um, on LinkedIn and just said, hey, like, I'm a student right now, like, I'm really passionate about climate solutions and climate tech, like, I want to work for, maybe even someday work for you. Um, is it possible that we can hop on a, like a 20 to 30 minute call? And so basically kind of like hopping on a call, kind of like asking them questions about their work, what do they think about the industry? What are some things that they really love about the space or like maybe not like as much? And then from there, just kind of like building up that relationship. And when an opportunity opens, like, you know, honestly, like they might reach out to you or you, like you might reach out to them and say, hey, like, I really think I could add value here. And I think that's just such an awesome way to find really cool, awesome opportunities. And the last thing I want to say, um, this which is really cool, I'm actually working on, the, as I mentioned back in the beginning of this like podcast, was I'm working on this really uh, this climate initiative right now called uh, College to Climate. And basically, we're working on designing some educational curriculum um, for students to basically break into the climate tech space. So if you're really interested in joining, keep up to date with that, because if you want to follow um, College to Climate on LinkedIn, um, and I think we also have a URL. I'm, I'll have to find that URL later. It might be collegeclimate.com. But um, if you're really interested in joining this cohort-based initiative, we're launching in May. And you can basically go ahead. And it's like around a four to five week program. And you basically can learn some of the ins and outs about in terms of like the industry landscape, how to really like land a job in climate tech. What are some of the available solutions out there? Um, that's something that if you're interested, you can reach out to me as well. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing all those resources and everything. Um, we'll definitely plug um, all of that stuff in our uh, Instagram posts. So check that out, listeners who are interested in any of the things that Kevin mentioned. Yeah, and I think that about wraps it up. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. I'm also like, I just want to say like, you know, last thing is like, if you ever just need a person to chat with in terms of like different kinds of like career resources, I love mentoring students a lot. Um, so if you ever have any questions about this, like feel free to reach, reach out to me. Um, I'm always available, obviously on LinkedIn or on Twitter as well. Um, that's a really, that's probably the easiest way to get to me. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, that'll wrap up our episode for today. For more information on EcoAlarm and resources on topics covered in this episode, follow us at EcoAlarm Podcast on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Thank you guys so much for listening. Tune in every other Friday and we'll see you next time. Bye.